eventful week in the wrestling world has it been, um, not only just in the wrestling world, but also in our personal lives, too, as we've been kind of absent, uh, a little bit off schedule, not recording uh, uh, usual episodes that we usually try to do earlier in the week. But um, this is the Big Belt, Go Belt podcast, tongue-tied. Um, and we're finally here to talk in all things that's been happening. Um, we want to first start off by the Nova Pro um, event that we went to last Friday, their uh, One Crazy Summer, which was totally awesome. Um, I mean, the biggest question of the day is, who's next to get suspended for, for um, the wellness policy? And uh, we look forward to previewing all the wrestling events from the Vol Show in Joplin, Maryland, uh, coming up on Friday, the Vol Show in Brooklyn, Coming up on Saturday, uh, NXT TakeOver Brooklyn 2 on Saturday night. Um, and, of course, we have SummerSlam, which will be here on Sunday on the next episode of the Big Go Bell Podcast. Big Go Bell Wrestling Podcast. We're back with another special edition of the Big Go Bell Podcast. The biggest thing that, that stood out for me when I seen it, I was like, okay, this has to be a joke. I don't, I don't, I don't know. Like, <laughs> All right, so we back here. It's uh, Two Chains along with my other fellow good man, uh, Mr. D Wayne. What's going on? Nothing, man. Just, you know, enjoying life. Well, trying to, you know. You know, I know you. I know you're upset about Eva Marie. I know. <laughs> nah, I'm more upset that I don't have any more Hawaiian sweet rolls left. But that's another question. <laughs> I, I know you're upset. I'm upset about Eva Marie. So I know you're upset. Nah, I'm a, but Marie, even Marie can go stubborn to. So. <laughs> um, Mr. Silly Sellers, what's going on? What's going on? I am upset about Eva Marie. I will admit that. And in addition. <laughs> it's kind of funny you said big, big belt when uh, you opened the show because when we got our autograph from uh, Cedric Alexander, he actually put big belt podcast on there instead of the big gold belt. So that was kind of funny that you actually made that our new name. <laughs> well, yeah, so be it. So doesn't matter, girl. You, uh, you know who we are. This is the big gold belt podcast. Uh, Cedric, uh, back to that, showed endless love to us. We had a great about 20-minute conversation along with him and um i don't know how i should go about this but him and his fella his how did monaro how did monaro announce him as i i don't know but we'll just say they're the uh the curries of wrestling i will use that what she says we'll we'll go with that we'll go with that we'll go with that because i you know it's not it's not our place to uh you know whatever we're not gonna we're gonna keep the kayfabe here exactly but um um, definitely, let's just start off by saying I'm um, a big shout out to the Nova Pro Wrestling um, event. Uh, the mics that's running it, a uh, big shout out to them, uh, good fellas. Uh, again, another outstanding show that we went to see, which, which was on August 12th at the um, Jewish Community Center in Northern Virginia. Um, over and over, like, I just can't emphasize, like, the indies is where it's at. I know a lot of people are keen to just go to the big product and my dog crying beside me. It's <laughs> going to the big product and going to see WWE. But, hey, 
you get to see some really good matches and storytelling and all types of stuff in these indie shows. So I I invest, I suggest that anybody that loves wrestling to please do your research and find out what's going on in your local neighborhood. And in the DMV, definitely check out Nova Pro along with MCW. And now what we're going to go see on Friday, Evolve, which is also doing a show in the DMV area. But um, to the Nova Pro One Crazy Summer event, um, I mean, where do I start? I mean, I can easily say, like, the Cedric Alexander versus Sane Strickland match was absolutely phenomenal. Crazy. I mean, but you know the two names, Shane Strickland from Lucha Underground and Cedric Alexander from all over the place, ROH, and um, currently one of the big stars of the C- CWC, which you can watch on the network for nine ninety nine. Um, <laughs> that match was a five-star match easy. <laughs> I mean... Uh, um, I posted some spots. You know what's funny? I tried to post some spots when I was there, and then next thing you know, it just turned into like I, I like walked into a spot I wasn't even ready to record for. It's just, just that's just how crazy it was. But um, I can say for some names that you may not know that you should definitely check out. Um, City Cell is definitely marked out for Tim Doss. I did the day, which was in the no DQ match. Crazy, crazy. I mean, hashtag hardwood floors. Exactly. That's what I'm going to say. Um, um, there was a big six-man tag at the end, which, feature, which featured second-generation star Big Sean Stud. Um, I mean, he brought his peoples there. Oh, he did. When he got in the ring, this whole left side of the ring it just stood up, and it just—it was just the energy was crazy. Like for a minute. You wouldn't even know you was just in a community center because it was just so the crowd was so into it. You felt like he was like really in a really small mini arena, and I, I loved it. So that was a um, another great match itself for me. So let's about you, man. What were some other ones that stood out for you, or some other points? You know what? The Beauty and the Beast versus the Cutie and the Beast match. That that was kind of interesting because you told me to look out for that gimmick when we went to Nova, and when I was watching it, it was very, very interesting. Like, if that was to come on WWE program, it'd probably be very suggestive if they took it up a notch. But just the, the gimmick that they used to work together, it was very uh, Tyler Breeze and uh, Fandango-like, but to a different level. I, I really appreciate it. Um, it was an interesting yet entertaining match. But it, and also for Nova, too, I was interested how they booked the show. And when they put Cedric... Alexander and Shane Strickland at that midpoint right after the intermission, I was like, man, why isn't this the main event? And you can see why, because the, the pacing of the show was very good, too. Very, very, very much indeed. I thought I thought it was an interesting selection at first, too, but it actually paved out to be actually very wise, I thought. I very. Thought the energy was very baseline throughout the whole thing. Um, D-Way, who did not attend with us uh, because of other obligations, uh, D-Way, from what we already discussed now. You got any questions or anything you, you may want to plug in about this? <clears throat> I'm actually right now. I actually don't have any questions. Yeah. Well, I can tell you that. I know you'll join us on the next time. The next event is going to be um, the Nova the Nova Pro presents uh, Nova Project 2, which will uh, be their anniversary, mm-hmm. uh, which also should be another good show. It's going to be one of the highlight superstars that you may be familiar with is um what's her name from um mm -mm -mm. it's gonna slip in my mind that quick 
Brittany, uh, Brittany Blake? No. Oh, yeah. Brittany Blake will be facing. This, that's what I'm thinking about. Um, Brittany Blake will be facing. Uh, uh, Maya uh, Yim. Uh, Jade, Jade from but, TNA. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. You got it. <laughs> oh, God. I, just, I could not get it out of my mouth. But yes. Yes. So, uh, speaking of Brittany Blake, she put on an a excellent match, too. She did. Against, um, what was her name? Samantha. The, 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 Samantha Heist, I'm sorry. I'm cutie. Sorry. She's a cutie, though. Um, very, very good match. Not familiar with either one of them, but very, very... It was good. To, first of all, it was good storytelling because I was. it was a clear indication who was the heel. Um, the crowd was definitely in favor of both people, but you can tell who was commanding the heel and who was commanding the face role within the match. A lot of good moves that I haven't seen in a while. Um, I have to say that this match really brushed me off to be a traditional AJ versus Paige match from back in the day. So very, very impressed on that note. Mm-hmm. But other than that, again, just another big shout-out to uh, the, the Mikes that run Nova Pro. They're, they're, they run a promotion for them. Um, you definitely can check them out um, on Twitter. Uh, Mike. Uh, one of the mics is at, at BA Gent Mike, and I forget what the other one is. And then also you can follow um, the Nova Pro handle, which is at BA Wrestling on Twitter. So check them out. Uh, if you're in the DMV, you know, uh, definitely check out this show. Come holler at us because at least one of our members will definitely be in attendance from here on out as far as I can see. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely. Um it's the best bang for your butt you can get. You meet superstars. Again, we met Cedric Alexander, which I'm going to get to in a second. Had a nice long conversation with him. And it's just cool to meet people. He's a superstar. There's no way you can, there's no other way you can look at it. Absolutely. Yeah. He, we, we, we was boys around the way. We talked about everything. Um, he's a, he's a, a Carolina boy. So, you know, we had to talk about the Panthers. Yep. That's what we did, you know? But, um, so, any other points before we talk about our, our little conversation with Cedric Alexander? No, you hit it all. Let's go, let's go hit straight to said, man, because that was that was my main event for the night, just to see how cool he was and the different dynamics that he was talking about. Absolutely, I have to say, I'm a little. Uh, I wanted to have a chance to talk to Shane Strickland. Um, the dude is a the dude is a monster in the ring. He is. And, he is. Um, um, the, the chemistry between the two of them is is, is crazy. So. Um, I, I was hoping that we could get a chance to talk to him, but um, yeah. So anyway, talk talk about um, talk about Cedric Alexander for a second. Um, him and uh, Eric uh, Arsenal. I'm sorry, Eric Bill Monroe. I'm, I'm uh, getting tongue-tied. Um, who debuted on Raw against uh, Nia Jack a couple of weeks ago? Yep. What, we what did we call the match again? The developmental match. Yep, exactly. Um, in together. A uh, good little conversation with the two of them. We talked about CWC, his match with Kota Obushi. Yep. Uh, another easily five-star match. You've seen that match. You might have drove two states to come watch this, Cedric. Oh, my know? gosh, yes. Um, uh, we talked about what, – what else we talked about? He mentioned how um, – we briefly mentioned when I asked him the question how he felt about the match that he had with Moose when we saw him in ROH back in uh, last – what was that, last July, last year? And, and you could tell it was just a big growth that he had from what he thought about that match to what he thought about to the Kota Ibushi match 
and how he has grown as a wrestler to what he does well, what he wanted to improve on, and kind of figures to his, his current weight status now because he really worked hard to get some of that weight off so he can be at that cruiserweight level. All right, yeah, sorry about that. But um, what I was saying, but um, definitely talk about, Cedric was talking about how um, when he met Triple H, how everything he's seen on the match was not definitely um, staged, but, you know, uh, once he was able to take uh, the curtain call, he came back out, he saved the motion, and did Triple H coming back out. Um, he just said that he tried to hold it up, but he took one step behind the curtain, and it was just all tears. Yep. It was just, it was cool for him to share that story because, like, he's a superstar. He, he, can, he could just be a, a, a bag of bricks around everybody and just, you know, I'm the guy. But it comes down to a regular person, stand up guy, and share stories like that. It, it really makes you, it really makes it hard to not be a fan for somebody like that. And, um, Ariel Monroe, definitely, definitely, um, I'm, I'm marking out for her right now. Mm hmm. Because I know it's going to happen. Um, from the stories that she said that I don't know if we, we should discuss, I just know that there's a, there's a good chance that we will be seeing more and more of her. And um, I think it's almost, I think it's really safe to say it's almost inevitable that um, Cedric should and will be signed to the WWE. Oh, I would, I would not, guarantee that. Yeah, that's not something he said. I just want to make that clear. He didn't say anything like that. But I'm just saying from... Um, the type of person that I can say I know he is, um, the type of uh, supporting people around him, the fans and everything, um, there's no way that he doesn't get signed. So I'm definitely looking forward to seeing him. And he was very respectful. Another... Oh, go ahead, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say definitely again another shout out to the, the um, Nova Pro Wrestling for uh, also giving us the opportunity to even meet a guy breaking him and booking him for the area. Uh, it's been a pleasure to see him to two, um, the two appearances we can. And definitely his class act, uh, his appreciation to the fans that came to see him, um, which was very stand up, and I appreciate that as well. So I could talk about that for another 30 minutes if I had to, because I haven't even talked about the CWC back. But again, that's a really stand up guy. For sure. And just to add to that, you know, even the little tribute that he made in the ring. Just to the Nova wrestling community, it was just very appreciated, very authentic. And, and, and like you say, we don't really know, and this is being real realistic, we don't really know what he's going to be doing as far as his next step. One can only hope that he can get signed, you know, to WWE. But just the fact that at the rate that he's going, it, like within the year, I expect him to see him on Raw. At least, yeah. especially since the, uh, yeah. the Cruiserweight Classic is coming to be an exclusive part of Raw. But um, as we go to our next segment here, um, we're going to take a quick break. Um, again, check out FBA Wrestling, which is Nova Pro Wrestling's Twitter handle for their next event, which I believe is uh, September something, 12th, I think it is. Oh, it doesn't matter. They will be in attendance. So definitely check them out. Um, another appreciation uh, to Mike's uh, for the hard work they put in. Um, and so we'll take a quick break. When we come back, we'll go over the the many, many suspensions would have must have been one heck of a party for the WWE Superstar. And uh, we'll look into the previous one that's going into uh, this weekend. Rate, review, and subscribe to the Big Gold Belt Wrestling Podcast on iTunes, Google Play, and SoundCloud. 
connect with us on all of our platforms, bgbgroup.tumblr.com, at bgbgroup on Twitter, and facebook.com slash biggoldbelt. All right, fans, back on the Big Gold Belt podcast. This is Silly Sellers coming in here with the part two of the discussion that we have. Once again, we've just been out for a long time this week and just ready to get back into more talking about wrestling. And what we're going to move to now is the suspensions and how many there were this past week in wrestling. I mean, we had Eva Maribia suspended for 30 days for the wellness violation. Had also Alberto Del Rio and Paige each come up with 30-day suspensions. But it seemed like it was really hectic and poor timing as we're getting ready for SummerSlam. So I'm going to swing it to D. Wayne here because off the air, me and D. Wayne was talking about how this is kind of a huge hit. D. Wayne, this, this is go to you first. What is your perspective based on how do you think these suspensions affect the company? Um, that's a good question. Does it affect the company? Eh, no, not really. Um... You know, WWE has the the next man up mentality, so if you know, unless you are, you know, one of the main eventers, then it's just like, next man up, who's next? You know, you just missed out on your push. I mean, that's how it is. Um, it's good that they're doing this because it just lets them know that they won't tolerate anyone, you know, trying to get past the whole um, wellness policy and trying to, you know, fake it till they make it type of stuff. And unless you know it, it's kind of like the NFL could and should, you know, take a, a, a just a little note out their playbook. But then again, the NFL is just a whole nother monster in the first place. Um, it, just, it just doesn't, it doesn't, hurt them it doesn't help them it's just you know blah um but it does is it just makes other people who weren't you know didn't fail any drug test or have any substance abuse problems because apparently we don't know what that what these three people were taking my my um guess is that they were taking some type of medication that had a substance that's probably on the the ban list i mean like a lot of the suspensions have been so doesn't hurt doesn't help it's just there i mean you had adr which we really don't know why he was there you know he's basically and not in the storyline right now uh, then we have Paige, who's just there holding up space because the wwe doesn't know apparently doesn't know what to do with her then you have even maria who I mean, as many as some might have been getting a push on SmackDown, but then again, when you're on air for like two minutes every week, is that really a true push? Um, so it doesn't hurt. It doesn't help. It's just next man up. Who's going to get the push now? But just going back to the Eva Marie part, and which that affected me the most because I loved her push. And I think her push resembled the dashing Cody Rhodes uh, early, early segments where he used to give his beauty tips. It's just the entrance that she had with her whole persona, it just worked well for me. So my, my issue is, what is what is this wellness policy like attributing? I mean, we all know it was Adderall with Roman Reigns, but I mean, could we say it, it is marijuana that WWE's looking for? I mean, what is the fact that WWE's looking for? I, I guess when we don't know or have a clear understanding of what this wellness policy exists 
of what do you think that is trying to capture or attack? Because we can say it's not just steroids. What else is WWE trying to look for? They're trying to look for anything that would attribute to these performers not performing at their peaks. Right. Um, you have to realize that the stuff that you put in your body does have some type of effect, whether it be a drink or some opiates. Right. In the opium. So it's just it's just a matter of that's what they're looking for. They're looking for, you know, what have you been doing now? Alcohol, you know, they probably won't look for that. Who cares? It's alcohol. But any other thing, any other substance that can basically hinder your performance. Mm-hmm. Now, you, you do have some performing enhancing drugs, which in this case, as you know, WWE was in the spotlight you know, years ago because of performance enhancing drugs and a lot of wrestlers being on steroids. And then you had the whole, I'm not, I'm not going to say his name, that whole incident that attribute to, a lot of it was attributed to, you know, CTE and, and a lot of it was, you know, steroids, steroids related as well. Absolutely. So, um, it's it's looking for stuff like that, and they they want to promote a clean, especially since it's becoming more and more family friendly. They want a clean image to display to kids. The simple fact that you too can look like this if you work out, which we know it isn't true unless you work out four times. Times even that you still have to you still have supplements that these wrestlers use to get that way in the first place. So right. we all know that's not true. But they're looking for illegal substances or substances that negatively affects the performance. Now something like Adderall probably one of the dumbest things because Adderall helps you focus. A lot of times after you're on the road a while, you do need to focus. And it's, that's, that's, that part is more of a WWE, WWE's part in not having their wrestlers take time out to rest. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, they're looking for anything and everything to, to, to give off an image of it that it's clean, one, that clean image, and two, just to, you know, just make sure that, you know, it's, like I said, it's clean. And to the outside world, especially to that, to the whole performance enhancing drug world. Because, like I said, they were in that, that spotlight where you had, you know, potentially court cases to make sure that nothing's going on. Right, right. That's, and I think, I think that's the major part, lawsuits. I got you. I think I think that's the major spot. So, but do I think it's, I think some of the drugs on that list is probably shouldn't be. Um, but again, I'm not the person who's testing. All right. So with that with that transition to, of course, we're having a lot of superstars being suspended, and which two you know are off the women's roster. And one is off the uh, you could say is a very high level SmackDown performer that can be. However, is this hurting the company? Because we both have been watching Raw and SmackDown this week, and we're not completely sold on how successful it's been. But what do we view SmackDown and Raw since the draft? I mean, we have suspensions. We have lackluster programming. 
I'm not even sure if we're excited about SummerSlam, even though it does have some on paper high quality matches. How would you view SummerSlam? Because as, as I look at it, to me, I think Raw's kind of been lackluster, a little bit slow. SmackDown seems like they can't build their stories correctly in, in great ways. And I know how you feel about the women's division since, since the, I guess, the, the revolution. What would you say is your suspective rate grading Raw and SmackDown post the draft? So I think I can honestly say that Raw was good. And I actually enjoyed Raw last week. It was good. Um, this week, I believe that it was horrible. Every WWE programming, as far as Raw and SmackDown, Mm-hmm. Have been horrible. Um, one and one. I guess we'll talk about this a little bit later. Some effect that I have an issue with the whole Finn Balor character right now. Right, and they gave and, that away on on live Raw TV, free TV. I know the the Demon King side of Finn Balor was is usually reserved for special events. Yep. Um, the fact that you're able to see it on Raw kind of gives it away that he's going to win on Sunday. One, two, because you don't you don't invest that much into a person without them winning. You don't bring out the Demon King to see what type of reaction you're going to get. Now, mind you, as much as I love the Demon King seeing it on TV, you know I like seeing it every time. I don't feel like the reaction was as good as it could have been. Right. Um, so it that it was a waste. I think you would have a more positive reaction if you would just save that first that first sighting of the Demon King at SummerSlam. So that was a waste. Um, like the whole Divas Division overall. I, mean, I love Sasha Banks. I've been loving Sasha Banks. Sasha Banks, you're my baby. Um, the whole women's division on Raw and SmackDown is a waste. It's a bathroom break for me now. And I don't believe that they that they take women's wrestling serious anymore. I think they went through a period of time where they tried to, but I don't think it's working for them because they're not investing into it. I mean, any time that you probably... Women on, t- on television are probably... Out of three hours on Raw, probably not even ten minutes. And on two hours on SmackDown, you may get five to seven minutes. Right. Right. Um. So it's like you're not investing into it. So why should I even care if if Eve Marie or or Paige is suspended if you're not giving much time to them anyway? So it's it's a waste. Um. Like I said, it's a it's a lot of just not development of storylines, I feel like, like I said, I think a lot of this has to do with the simple fact that you had the draft a month before SummerSlam, which I always felt that you should have had the draft after SummerSlam. Right. I think that would have been better because you're kind of like creating new storylines for SummerSlam, which is always a bad idea. Very true. Um, so it's it's kind of stupid. Um, as far as my anticipation of SummerSlam, I mean, I'm anticipated just to see who's going to be the Universal Champion. But again, I kind of figured that I already know who it is. Honestly, not to be biased or nothing, but the match that I'm really looking it's too much I'm really looking forward to. And that is AJ Styles versus John Cena. Because right now, I, I had a point where John Cena is going to win, but right now I feel like he's going to put AJ Styles over. Um, Very possible. Um, and the Roman Reigns Rusev match because surprisingly, 
that feud has been getting more time than the WWE Universal Championship feud, which makes me think that Roman Reigns is not in the doghouse as what people think. This is just something for him to do in the time being for fans to get behind him by WrestleMania in Florida, his hometown state. He's going to be somewhere near the main event scene. And he may have been in Raw the last couple of weeks, so good point. So they're putting more time in that feud than anything. So it, it's kind of funny how you thought a lot of people, oh, yeah, he's in the doghouse. He's not in the doghouse. He's getting more time than basically – that feud's getting more time than basically anything else. So what does that tell you? Roman Reigns is not going anywhere. Matter of fact, I'm going to say this is what you're going to get by WrestleMania. Reigns versus Finn Balor on WrestleMania. And I'm calling it right now. It's just it's too obvious. It's you're giving time to get people behind Roman Reigns. You're not gonna have a true heel versus heel a uh, babyface feud with them. You're gonna have uh, a tuna versus a babyface. Um so it's that's 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 what it is. Whether you like it or not, Roman Reigns probably is going to headline his third straight WrestleMania. Right. And that's the way that's going because it's little steps that's obvious. Anytime that you just create a new championship, we know you're, that time is supposed to that feud is supposed to be spotlighted. But anytime that uh, mid card feud is spotlighted a little bit more than a new created championship feud, and a, it contains a person that the company really believes in even though they done something bad you can tell the little steps the little steps they're going to do so it's it's very predictable unless creative um pulls a swerve or something that's going to be it it's, it's a very good point and we're going to try to break this up into two parts i know uh two chains had to step out and he may come back in during this last segment or not, but we're going to try to break it up into two parts, fans, so we could try to get Aaron to get back on here maybe sometime this weekend and fill us out, you know, maybe one quick preview show before SummerSlam. But before we leave, uh, D-Wayne, I just want to ask you this one question, and, and you kind of answered in the last segment, but what is going forward as, you know, we go through SummerSlam and maybe something you can look forward to SummerSlam, uh, but going forward, what is the one thing that you want to see WWE change as they're about to go to their individual brand pay-per-views? Because I think SmackDown has their first pay-per-view September 11th, and I'm not sure when the Raws is, but now each brand is going to have their own pay-per-view. What does each program need to go forward in order to be successful to improve what they're already doing, which may be a slow start for some? Um, in order to – it's two things. One – Creative has to officially earn their money, which means that there's no more fast booking stuff. Now that you have individual stuff, you're going to really have to put in time to invest in the storyline and in character development. Two, when it comes to character development, let the reins loose a little bit from people. Mm -hmm. The script has to be shut down. Let them give them talking points and let them talk. That way people can invest in these characters. That's the number one thing about brand extension, brand split, whatever you want to call it, is character development. Yep. 
this time is now to develop. It's perfect to develop your characters. I mean, right? One of the since the branch, but I I believe one of the best things they have done as far as character development wise is with Heath Slater. Mm, very good point. Heath Slater has grown tremendously since the branch, but I mean he's. He's been on both shows, but you can see the crowd is starting to get behind you, starting to invest in him. And the thing is, that's that's critical, especially since you these superstars are only going to be on one show now. So character development, allow these people to just be themselves and let them, you know, do do what they need to do for the crowd to get behind them. I mean, you don't want failed experiments. Now it's not the time for you to have failed experiments because you don't. We we spread your roster across two shows. It it gets spread thin, right? So I mean, what's going to happen? Are you going to sit here and develop someone like Cesaro? Is someone like Dolph Ziggler, who I feel like has been doing his best work in a few years, the last few weeks? Um, what what's going to happen with him? I mean, does Bray Wyatt finally get the chance to really become the the eater of the worlds and become WWE champion? Or is it more of, are we going to get the savior of John Cena one more title right now? I mean, are you going to trust these people, this new talent? Are you going to trust them finally with the brand? Because everyone knows, John, John Cena even said it. He wants someone to come take his spot. It's only a limited time before he becomes a part-time performer. So who's going to step up and say, this is my spot. I'm going to take it. Absolutely. And that goes all into the whole character development. Who are you going to trust more with their character? That's and and I guess that's a management thing. They don't trust people with their characters. Absolutely. So I mean that's that's what it is. It's WWE. It's it's crazy. It's predictable one minute. It's unpredictable the next minute. And I hate to say this from a from a fan standpoint. It's not going to be good until you get out your old ways, stop having scripts. Honestly, you might have to backtrack and go back into the, the attitude area and let these people just talk. You know, get them talk points and just let them talk and let them, you know, be and jab with the crowd. Like, that's it's, it's an entertainment joint for a reason. You changed your name from WWF to WWE for a reason. It's entertainment. Interact with the crowd. Let them be themselves. Let me invest in a character. You know, I can't invest in no one right now. I mean, I can't. And I and I hate to say this. I, I can't. Um, and when I want to, you take them away. So it's just like, what do I do? Character development is what you need. And how you do it is you just relax. You let creative develop the, the plan. And as far as the player, the character executing it, you have to trust them. If they mess up, that's on their fault. That's their fault. That's a good point. And as we're going to bring it to a close here, you know, if I could say what I'm looking forward to is, and you hit it right on the head, Make sure you take time to expand your story since you're taking time to have your own pay-per-view shows that we want to invest in watching because 
this would be a critical point where you don't want to have people losing money and, and uh, losing your, your network membership because they're not liking your product. Even I saw today, I think it was on Bleach Report, Vince McMahon had um, gave up $29 million of shares, you know, for a certain reason. So I, I don't want to quote the article because I didn't read it extensively, but I saw the headline. But it's just very interesting how that could be very crucial and how WWE succeeds now with the brand extension with, to the point that these live shows are supposed to bring in ratings. And even though we said on this podcast before, ratings don't matter. It, it really does matter because that brings in revenue, that brings in network, that brings in a whole lot of issues that we need to do to make your you know, company successful. So we're going to end it right here um, for D-Wayne and 2 Chains. I know it's taking care of a lot of personal business right now. This is Silly Sellers. Please make sure you check us out at BGB Group on Twitter. Make sure you uh, look us up on our Facebook page and feel free to comment, uh, subscribe, and, and continue to support us. We just want to bring you entertainment as we can. But once again, as we're getting hectic work lives and everything, we're going to try to continue to give you the best wrestling events that we can and wrestling shows that we can. So still continue to support us and be there for us, and we'll be talking to you soon. Take care, everybody.